You know, the instrumental we're playing of Mo Bamba mm-hmm. is just slightly different than what you used to hear in Bramlage because it was so heavily edited <laughs> for cursing. Oh, man. But, man, would it get the cats pumped up. Two yeah. instances I can remember was when the cats were about to beat Kansas. Uh-huh. Mo Bamba goes off, and we're talking Allen Field, or uh, Bramlage, of course. The year the cats won the Big 12, and then also 2019 beating Oklahoma. And it was right after the ball was illegally touched. Oh, man. Oh, and they start playing oh, Mo Bamba. Oh. And the whole, it's still one of my favorite things to go back and watch because the whole bench was nice. Was feeling it. Dude, nice. love that. Love that. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we will dedicate probably the whole show on the NFL draft. Yeah. We'll get the latest projections on our Wildcats and where. Most likely, specifically, Skylar Thompson, Josh Revis. Will they have a projection high enough that would, you know, get him in the sixth or seventh round? I remember Skylar coming on last week saying he has received a projection that had him in the fifth round, which is really uh, that's a that would be a big leap because I'm sure a lot of them have him seventh round or undrafted free agent. But also with the show tomorrow. It is tradition here on the show that we do our own draft. Now, in the past, it's maybe been two, just you know, basically three of us, and maybe a fourth sometimes, but usually just three. Where we have our own draft. In the past, we've done one that was focused on the K State spring game. We did one on TV characters, mm. where Elaine Benson from Seinfeld went number one overall by what? Mason Vogt. Oh man. Oof. In that draft, we did have to pick one female, and he went Elaine wow. right away. Man. Okay. I remember who my female was. I had Michael Scott, Tony Soprano. Like I had a very good draft. Right, right. You're looking good. And then we take our picks, we put our teams on Twitter, and we let Twitter dis- d- tell us who drafted the best. I've come up with this year's um, topic. And I told Sage and Big Steve that I was thinking one thing, but I've changed my mind. Uh-oh. Because I, I was thinking, like, 90s bands or, like, going by a decade. That's going to be really tough uh, because you have to – like, if somebody makes a pick, then you got to determine, well, were they truly an 80s or a 90s band? Like, didn't they get started with the 80s? I think that's going to lead to too many arguments. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, So I've decided to go with one where you're not going to have any kind of arguments like that. And it's it, a category we've talked about in the past before, but we've never done anything like this. We're going to do a fast food restaurant draft. Ooh, we – Yes, and Sage right and Big Steve will be involved. Yes, okay. We got to make sure though, Big Steve. He cuts me as the kind of fella that would go. Well, I don't actually really eat uh, fast food. Uh, actually, I have uh, dehydrated food that I place in the microwave and I place water on it and it, uh, it cooks at a high rate of speed. You know, and he would be like hating on fast food. It's on the contrary. I see him with a bag (laughs) of Wendy's all the time. You know what I mean? I mean, come on. I see him with fast food more than anything. Really? He's always carrying a bag of Wendy's or Burger King in. Okay, okay, Big Steve. So this is his wheelhouse, Sage. I don't know if you eat a whole lot of fast food, but... You're young. Uh, yeah, decent amount. She I'm can in come college. up with enough to draft. Yeah, <laughs> she's in college. She knows fast food better than anybody. It's, I, I think what the whole room could really have a lot of knowledge about. Yes, I like the the thing is that Sage and Big Steve are both going to know the dollar menu better than we do. You know what I'm saying? That's what my my wheelhouse in school was. 
dollar menu items for oh, sure. But God. does does a dollar menu like like literally a dollar? Does that actually exist anymore? Yes. Uh, isn't it more like a dollar eighty nine? No, actually, you can still do just a straight burger at McDonald's. The original burger at McDonald's, not a McDouble. No. See, just one patty. Back on- in my onion, day, onion uh, diced. You could get a McDouble. Mm-hmm. You could Pickles. get a McChicken. Ooh, a McChicken. For a buck yeah. each. And you go, that hey, was I'm living broke, like a king. But I'm eating like a king. Yep. So we'll do that draft tomorrow, but later on in the show, we will determine the order of the draft. Who's going to be picking number one, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. we'll have five folks picking. But now we are pleased to be joined. He's been standing by for a little while now as we were talking a little uh, fast food. But uh, Derek Young from Case and Align joining us via the Zoom. D.Y., if you're picking first overall in the fast food restaurant draft, what would go number one overall? Man, I don't, I don't really delve into it too much. I, the, you know, if, if uh, it depends on what counts and what doesn't, but I tend to go with Chick-fil-A more than anything. For as much time as you spend on the road between Manhattan and Kansas City, you'd think you'd do more fast food. <laughs> He's disciplined. I, 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 tried, I just try to be responsible eater, I suppose. <laughs> See, I've told myself that a hundred times. Right. Zero discipline when it comes to food. I love to eat so much. But, D.Y., I really appreciate you joining us. Let's get into some recruiting talk. You're the uh, recruiting expert around here. And uh, I, I, I want to start with Antoine Davis. So that, that was a really interesting story last week, uh, like his whole – but really, visiting Maryland, visiting Georgetown, and then we know he's coming to K-State, but then you see social media getting so involved with it, with K-State fans, and also Marquise Noel is tweeting like, hey, I want to take this guy out, where should we go, let's meet up, let's go K-State fans, let's show this kid a good time, and then Antoine Davis says, hey, I one of the best days of my life. That's not exactly what he said, but you know, in my heart, it feels like that's what he said. He loves Manhattan, Kansas, but he's still going to BYU tomorrow for a uh, for a visit. But when it comes to Antoine Davis, um, him having a great time in Manhattan, still surprised or maybe surprised he didn't get the commit right away. He's still going to BYU after that praise he gave Manhattan. Yeah, the, yeah. There's a part of me that is definitely surprised, and there's also a part of me that understands that. Recruiting in 2022, is that what year we're in? Yeah, 2022. That's correct. Is a lot, is a lot different than, than recruiting even a year or two ago. It's just kind of the way it is, especially how he's kind of laid out what'll, you know, the factors that'll dictate where he goes, which is obviously name, image, and likeness and the profits that he can make off of his own name, image, and likeness. And, I mean, recruiting is really a lot more unpredictable than it ever used to be just because, I mean, there's, with as much money that is impacting it, um, it can change on an hour to hour basis. So, uh, and here, and this is the way I explained it to someone, and, and obviously this isn't really in the spirit of name, image, and likeness or the fabric of what college athletics once was, and I get that if it's frustrating for some that are listening to to what it's become but like they were talking about the transfer portal i was like and and why so many guys are in it and obviously it's because one you don't have to sit out of here anymore um at least your first time but two you don't really you aren't able to develop a market for yourself unless you go into the transfer portal like if you stay at the school you're at you're really not creating a competition in the marketplace when it comes to your name image and likeness now, if you're available, technically, 
you are creating the competition in the marketplace and you are in an essence driving up your own value um and so that's just kind of the world we're in right now when it comes to recruiting i think it's going to settle down and and there's going to be a correction of some sort to it at some point hopefully sooner rather than later but that's just life in 2022 when it comes to college football and basketball recruiting do you want to be honest with you? I can't remember if I did ask you about this at all last week, but I it was a, a thought that did pop in my head last week about what will settle down, just the craziness of the transfer portal and seeing thousands of players in there. But mm-hmm. just my thought was maybe when it all expires of allowing players to transfer one time and and not have to sit out a year, I mean, if that when that does settle down, if that does settle down, like it, we go back to having to sit out a year. Do you think that will calm things down a little bit? I, I mean, I don't think that's going. I don't think the rule is going to change there. Okay. I, I just I, I think name, image, and likeness is going to calm down and settle. I think there will be a market correction when when it comes to that. That could maybe diffuse some of the transfers because some of the transfers are only happening because of, you can essentially you know, create competition for how much you're worth, you know, your name, image, and likeness is worth. But in terms of transferring, I don't think that's going to, I don't think a rule is going to change there. I don't know that any regulations are going to be associated with transfers because as long as you let coaches kind of roam aimlessly, then it's, then it's hard not to let players at least do it once aimlessly. So I don't think that's going to change. Um, what could change is like you said, it's only one time technically, right? But it seems like everyone's doing their one time, you know, very quickly here. And there's going to come a point where, you know, a lot of the guys that only have that one time transfer available left are, there's going to be a less, less of them that have that, I guess, less players that still have that available. So I think you'll see less of it. I think you see more of it now because they made the rules. So all four or five classes that are in college, had the ability to do so well now everyone's starting to use it so that's there's just going to be a less amount of players who actually have that as an option with Derek young from case online back to antoine davis for one more question here the transfer right. from detroit um what is your personal feeling about him still taking the uh visit to byu i mean after that tweet does it worry you at all no no i i, I mean Anything can happen. I, I Kansas State's the clear leader in the clubhouse. Do I think BYU is going to outdo them? I don't, but I can't say that beyond a shadow of a doubt because that's just kind of, of a projection. But I think Kansas State certainly feels very good about their chances for the Detroit Mercy transfer. I have a question on that. Why is it Detroit Mercy? It sounds like a hospital instead of a school. <laughs> well, I thought it was Detroit. Yeah, me too. It, it's it's actually, you're half right. It was the University of Detroit, which is where Dick Vitale coached, and the University of Mercy. They merged oh. at one point, I want to say in the 90s, because neither were able to keep their university going, essentially, given what financial situations they had. Like a couple two A schools in Kansas just got together. Yeah, pretty much. We're yeah. Detroit Canton Mercy. Galva. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. There you go, Canton Galva. No, Detroit Mercy. It just sounds like a hospital. It, so. it does. It's odd. And I thought for sure I had the right school, Detroit, because even the jerseys. I was like, I know that's them. Mm-hmm. What's their mascot? It used to be uh, the Titans, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I thought for sure it was the same school, but I was like, I've never heard of Detroit Mercy in my life. I don't know what's that about. That's about, but. 
Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Mitch. Well, that's all right. Speaking with Derek Hump from K-State Online, actually, I'm just going to take this time to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk more K-State men's basketball recruiting because there's some folks coming to town this week and this weekend that do have my attention. We'll ask D.Y. about them when we come back here on the game. Still thinking about D.Y. calling Detroit Mercy sounds like a hospital. There's so many jokes there. Two. They're not the Titans or the Fighting Via Christie's. Ooh. How about that? Is that not bad? <laughs> I love that. They have their team meetings in the waiting room. <laughs> Saint El- the, the Saint Elsewhere's. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is, come on. But it really, it's ridiculous, man. It's It, it sounds like a hospital. And when your school's Mercy, where'd you go? Oh, Mercy, Mercy College. What's the nickname though? Like Titans? Do they just call, no? I'm, I'm like, do they just call it Detroit? Like the like when they're talking about the school or like what the broadcasters say? Do they say Detroit Mercy the whole time? Yeah, they say Detroit Mercy the whole time. I don't they like it. To. No. Just call it Detroit. D Mercy. The flaw is is that you do that and you're uh, insulting the formation of the second school, yeah. which was Mercy. Like you can't say, "Here comes Galva." It's like D.Y. said, it's Canton Galva. If their gym or arena, I don't know where they play, but wherever they play, if it's not called Rock City, what a waste. Whoa. <laughs> Double on, you, yeah. you have it, yeah. right? Detroit Rock City, Kiss song, right? Wow. But rock nickname city. of the city, and also rock basketball, Rock wow. City. Rock City. Somebody Has somebody contacted these guys? Speaking of uh, basketball gyms, basketball courts, D.Y., that tweet yesterday from K-State Athletics or K-State Basketball, putting out who you think of when you see these three floors, which you have a throwback to the Ski Jones days, which is actually my favorite court, the basketball, the script cats across it. Oh, yeah. I you, like that one. But you did not like the late 90s court, which was no. the pow- the basketball power cat logo. Why not? I actually <laughs> like it. It wasn't a great era, but I like it. It does. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say. It's not my taste, I guess. I don't think it looks that good. It's not even school color. It's a, it's a power cat that's orange. Yeah, it was weird. I thought it was weird too. And then the basketball was like. It looks like it has fish scales on. Yeah, it. it's weird. Not not a big fan. It was all kind of like some were shaded weird. Like some of the brown was shaded. I hated that man. Ugh. There's not many because Kaysen, of course, has had many courts since I've been alive. Many different looks. Now the Ski Jones era, which was you know ninety four, ninety three, ninety four, ninety four was when he scored the sixty two points <laughs> yeah. against Fresno State, and you have like just the it's it was actually really bland on the uh, on the inlines. It was just purple. Mm-hmm. Purple lanes had a big eight logo in the corner, and then the logo was the basketball with the script cats across, it, and then it had K State at the top and bottom. That was I like I like the font though of I do too the Kansas State too. The, it was like bubble letters almost. I really no, I liked that. That's the best one of the three that they met. That that's better than the one they have. Um, I, really, actually, I thought I thought two of the three that they tweeted out are better than what they have. I, I think the big power cap with Kansas State. Um, written on top of it is a better one too. The the uh, the floor you're talking about from the early '90s that was that was the floor that they laid down and and that was the look that it had really from 1988 on. Did it until they made the switch later into the '90s? I bring I, it back. Yeah, where are those floors? Like, are they just 
stored away somewhere. Like, if you're going to have a throwback night, I know it's a pain in the butt, I'm sure, to pick up that uh, floor help. and put it back down. I'll help. Absolutely. If we could have, like, a throwback night that's been done before, like, they changed on the scoreboard the numbers to have, like, the throwback scoreboard look, we got to have the throwback floor as well. Clean. I mean, it's got to be mopped pretty probably three times to make sure it's cleaned up. <laughs> but if it's still around somewhere, let's, re- let's let's get one of those floors back out there for a little throwback. Might, might be hiding in that uh, phantom space underneath Bramlage. There's all kinds of spots under Bramlage you could hide a floor, you know. Well, I've always heard I, I've heard there's like in the middle of Bramlage there's an unused concourse that was basically sealed off because they didn't have money for it. They didn't have the money to finish it up. I've heard that. I don't know. Whoa. Yeah. Middle Let's, brand, like they could turn that. Like there's already a concourse that's basically carved out. You don't think we could go investigative journalism and just go down there and say, "Hey, we want to." I see mean, it. I could probably just text somebody. Yeah, know, and we're like, somebody. "Hey, man, we're with the fort." It's a better story than the tunnels at DIA. That's true. Well, <laughs> I don't know. DIA plays it smart though. They promote that. Yeah, they have fun <laughs> with like, that. What do you know? With Derek Young from Kston Online. So, Dy, I want to ask you about what uh, Grant Flanders tweeted out earlier today. That's about three potential cats uh, visiting this week uh, to this weekend, and one might be already in town. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But uh, Dorian Finister, he is the guard from uh, uh, New Orleans, 6'5", combo easy. guard. What's that? I said, yeah, the big easy, 6'5", uh, guard. I, I don't know that he's necessarily an instant impact guy, but someone with a lot of potential. Um, don't know a whole lot about him, but I, you know, I'd be surprised if he didn't end up a wildcat. So that's probably someone that we should continue to familiarize ourselves with. Uh, Naquan Tomlin, uh, a JUCO forward, a guy that can kind of do a little bit of everything, but he's long. He's a six foot eight, six foot nine forward. Could probably score, you know, not super duper score, but he has the ability to score at all three levels and. And he'll make it really tough on you on the defensive end just because of his length. And then the third one is actually a class of 2022 high school prospect that it's actually unsigned and uncommitted because he decommitted from North Carolina State um, not long ago. Top 50 player. Um, so one of the higher ranked four stars in the entire country. He's from a prep academy in the Phoenix area. I think it's called Dream City Christian. Correct. Um, he's another center. His name's Sean Phillips. So, um, yeah, number 50 player in America that's just still available just because he was, I think, locked up to NC State for quite a while and decided to back out of that pledge. Probably, I don't think they switched coaches. I could be wrong, but I don't think they did. But it was rumored that they would. So he's probably just a little, I guess, maybe I had a – you know, second second guess the longevity of the coaching staff there, uh, at least a little bit. I want to go back to Dorian Finister. You mentioned you didn't know much about him. I don't know if really oh, – I, I mean, I don't either. I admitted that in the first hour when I brought up all these names and, yeah. and mentioned a few things about them. But I, I've also seen, like, Flando said he's underrated. Um, and I'm maybe you said something about him. But, I mean, I mean, are you able to answer that question, like what maybe makes him underrated? Because I haven't really seen even star ratings on him. Probably, yeah, I think he's a three-star on Rivals. Um, I think the underrated would be just because he's probably not close to filling out how good he could be. He's a high upside guy. I mean, you don't see too many guys floating around still available at this time of the year from the high school ranks that are six foot five and play the guard position. So that in itself is pretty appealing, and he's got some pretty good athleticism 
um, to go along with it. So I just think uh, from a measurable standpoint, it's someone that's a lot of untapped potential, I guess, is a good way to describe him. Well, do you have anything for us when it comes to football? I know there's a couple of linebackers that have recently entered the transfer portal from K-State, Keenan Gaskin, and then just moments ago we learned about Gavin Hazelhorst. Uh, but when it comes to recruiting for the Cats, anything lately from there? Yeah, right. Uh, they're going to need some more linebacker help sure. eventually, uh, of course, because and, and you mentioned, too, there, one of them being a walk-on in Keenan Gaskin, the other scholarship guy. And um, – that just that just jumped in, Gavin Hazelhorst uh, from Hayes America, right? And then Brandon Brandon Jennings, not too long ago, also jumped into the portal. So they're they're, they're a little thin. The herd's thinning out a little bit there. They're probably lucking out a little bit with Will Honus, probably going to be the real deal, despite a lot of his physical setbacks over the years. I think he's someone that they feel like they're going to be able to count on a lot in the 2022 season. So that'll alleviate some of the immediate pressure. Um, Austin Moore, I think, is going to be a good football player for them. He's now on scholarship as well. Um, and then Desmond Purnell, which was a safety that they signed, uh, I don't know, if it was a year ago or two years ago from Hayden Catholic in Topeka. He switched to linebacker, and I think that transition is going well. So they do have some organic remedies there to kind of Stop the bleeding a little bit, but uh, they definitely have to manage that position much better um, in the future. It's just not a position that they necessarily fared well with well, since they arrived in Manhattan. I, I think uh, Daniel Green just inheriting him as pro- and then you know they had Elijah Sullivan and Justin Hughes temporarily as well. That kind of allowed them a little bit of a runway, but they have to start having their own players start to make an impact at that position, or they're going to be in some trouble. Probably not this season, but afterwards, if they don't um, find a, find a good solution to some of those issues. But um, in terms of real news, they will have a junior college corner um, that'll graduate in May from the junior college that he's at, Fullerton College, and that is uh, his name is actually escaping me right now. Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright. He's a junior college cornerback. Um, he's on campus. He's technically committed to Hawaii right now. So, uh, but I imagine they flip him and get him signed pretty soon so he can help out this upcoming season because they also need help at corner because they thought that was going to be Josh Hayes. You know, they they got him as a transfer. He was from Virginia, but North Dakota State before that, so they're well aware and familiar with him. But he flipped to safety during spring football, so they need some depth behind uh, Echo Boydo and Julius Brents because they don't have any necessarily because T. Denton also transferred. So uh, I think this junior college corner is supposed to be the answer to that problem. So that's Jordan Wright from Fullerton College. Speaking with Derek Young from K-State Online, so my last question is, do we need to be uh, buckling up here for the next four days as we approach May 1st? And that's the deadline to jump in the portal uh, before you lose that shot of uh, transferring without sitting out a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, You'll probably hear, there's probably going to be a lot of like a, you know, nationwide, not necessarily a lot of Kansas State, but nationwide, probably a lot of people getting in there last minute just to, as a just in case maneuver, if anything, right? But uh, in terms of Kansas State, I don't know if we see a huge rush, but it would probably still be a shock if Gavin Hazelhorst is the last one, right? You, you still have a lot of those post spring ball meetings that are taking place, and everyone's trying to get the lay of the land, both the schools and, and the players. So, um, it would almost be a surprise if no one else jumped in, but again, I don't know that there is anything imminent. Um, they got a lot of a lot of players, a lot of buy-in, a lot of good, a lot of good coaches. I, it's from a locker room culture, 
coaching standpoint, they're in the best shape that they've been from a morale standpoint and having a lot of the right pieces in the right places. So I don't think, because remember right around that COVID year, they had that huge exodus, at least from the secondary. I think, I think things have calmed down. I don't think you're going to see like a, a huge flurry of transfers um, really at any point moving forward. Uh, there, there'll be some here and there, which is what we've seen, right? Just a kind of a smattering, like, um, in a slow dribble, it was Brandon Jennings, Austin Weiner, Braden Wood, Gavin Hazelhorst. Um, and really, those are guys that, not that they were you know, relieved that they're losing, but guys that they probably didn't think that they would have to count on a ton, um, at least for this upcoming season. So uh, it's uh, not huge losses from a performance level. All right, DUI, that's all I got for you. At D Young Rivals on Twitter, go follow Derek Young from Kingston Online. Once again, a pleasure to speak with you, and I'm sure we'll speak next week, DUI. Yep, see you then. Go check out Kingston Online. I've been a member for quite some time now, but um, I got back on there to check out the prices, what they're offering, what the price is, and all this inside info. I couldn't believe it. It's so low. They're basically giving it away. Nice. It's a great deal. Go get some inside info at kstateonline.com. Jeff Goodman with a great tweet that just came out. Nigel Pack has all these kids going portaling, thinking they're going to get 400 k a year in a Porsche. <laughs> no. Well, if you've noticed, John Ruiz, who's been uh, he's that life wallet guy, might as well call it big wallet or fat wallet. Right, yep. But uh, made himself a billionaire with his company in less than a year. Um, it's crazy. He, he's been tweeting out more players that have now come to Miami, and maybe it's comes of the of the attention, all that attention that one tweet got, throwing out the eighty or eight hundred thousand dollars in a car for Nigel Pack. The latest uh, hurricanes, you haven't seen a dollar amount on those no, accounts. You I'm thinking though, like maybe it's not worth mentioning because everybody but Nigel Pack is making fifty k or less this upcoming season. Which is still a good chunk of change, don't yeah. get me wrong. All right, when we come back, well, number one song of the day, but before we get to that, we need to determine the draft order for tomorrow's fast food restaurant draft amongst us here on the show. That's up next. This is not the number one song, uh, but it uh, did uh, go uh. number one. Yeah. I bet. And probably twice. So tomorrow on the show, you know, we're going to have a late start. Potentially the Royals play, but, I mean, their their defense – or not defense, offense has been garbaggio. They play so quickly, those games, that it's hard to determine when we're actually going to start the show. So, But tomorrow we are planning to do our yearly draft. It's a different subject every year, and we're going in a direction we've never done before, and that is the fast food restaurant draft. It's going to be all five of us here on the show. Big Steve will be joining us. As well, we're now going to be determining the order of the draft. It's going oh my to be God. snake style okay. draft. Okay. So the number one overall pick is going to go to myself. Oh come How about on! That? But the thing is, it's snake style. So like, I think that kind of screws me in a way. Like, yeah. I don't want number one overall. I was going to say, yeah, but you'll have number one in one, three, and five. Dude. I mean, you know. I guess if that's... It's just like you picked it. Like, that's messed up, Mitch. <laughs> number two goes to you. Yeah, I'll take DG. number two. Oh, this is tough. All right, number three. I got to, like, make a list, you know? Check it right. twice. Big Steve. 
Big Steve gets third. That's Esteban a good spot. Gigante? That's a good spot for wow. Big Steve. We're still waiting to get Sage in there. Where's Sage going to land? Number she four. might get back-to-back picks. She will be fifth because Troy is number four. Sage is number five. So that means she'll have back-to-back picks five and six. That's an envious spot to be in, I think. I like that. Um, I'm number two. God, that's So, tough. again, myself, DG, Big Steve, Troy, Sage is the order of the fast food restaurant draft coming up tomorrow. So, guys, get your big boards ready to go. Uh, and there's not really going to be any sort of categories that you have to fill, like burger places, chicken places, um, you know, like sandwich places. Not like the list I did the other day from Thrillist that was the, yeah. the tops in all those categories. You pick what you want. Hmm. All right. What your you feel personal. like is the the best fast food restaurants. Okay, your personal based on what other like what's available. Yeah, and we're gonna put those those uh, restaurants. We're gonna put our teams up on Twitter tomorrow after we're all done, and we're gonna see who has the best picks. I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm gonna get roasted, but I I'm I like what I like, and I don't care. I'm picking the best player available for me, for my team. It could be the biggest chains in the world to regional chains. Whatever is considered fast food, you, it's available. It's but on it, the board. It has to be on, like, it has to be uh, uh, operating right now, right? Like, you could, I can go pick yes. Taco Tico. Yes. Well, I, there's Taco Tico still around. There are? Oh, my yeah. God. There's, uh, one my, there's one in Iowa. My whole family lives in Iowa. We go there, like, every time we're in Iowa. Oh, my so God. So Taco Tico's available. Wow. Yeah, this absolutely. This is changing the whole absolutely. landscape of the uh, event. Oh the pressure's God. on me. What do I go with number one overall? That's a tough spot to be in, dude. I'm not going to lie. I was a little jealous, but then I, now I'm like, damn, you could start this off really poorly. Or I could just go ahead and announce it right now. Whoa, are you one of uh, Come on. Yeah. Uh, for those that know me. We know what's going to go number one overall. Before you think too much about it, let's get to a number one song. Sage, go ahead. From 1977, you'll recognize the chorus. Sure. From 1977, Don't Leave Me This Way by Thelma Houston. One week at number one, an American singer from Leland, Mississippi. Despite her name, she is not related to Whitney Houston. Ah. Sissy is her mom. Correct. Go and turn it up. Here it is. It goes from snoozer to banger it real does. quick. I, I was going to say, Clearly. talk about taking forever to warm up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she did. 
What a great song. Uh, a mother of a cotton picker, married two children, had a job, and then she decided, I'm going to join this gospel group. We're going to start singing. Well, some record folks found out about her, checked her out, because she was living in California at the time, turned her into a star when she signed in 1971 with Motown Records. Ooh. She had a real quick rise to fame. 17 mm-hmm. studio albums, two top 40 hits. This is her only number one. Most consider her a one-hit wonder, but if you go by top 40 numbers, she's a two-hit wonder. <laughs> the bassist is getting it. Yeah, man. It's from her fourth album, Any Way You Like It, which, hey, you Any have my attention. You that th- oh, never mind. So, the main theme of this song is basically that of desperation and anxiety at the thought of a loss. The narrator feels abandoned by her love interest and is pleading that they do not leave them. While expressing an undenying love for this person, the singer acknowledges that she cannot survive without this person in her life. Talk about a clinger. <laughs> a lot of hits are made about like being clingy and weirdly stalkerish, and yeah. <laughs> so this is actually a cover. This was originally recorded by Prince. A, a two years no. prior, not by Prince, but uh, by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Yeah. Wow. Troy, yes. you're gonna pretend you know who they are. I only know I them don't. from that. Do you re- do you really know who they yeah, are? I know the name of the group. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Penderson, is that, does that name ring a bell? Pendergrass. Pendergrass. Or Pendergrass, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I only was know the front f- man. There's a famous line in a Snoop Dogg song where he goes, like, You're like Hell Melvin without the blue notes. You'll never go platinum. And everybody l- laughs. And, and then Harold Melvin felt really bad about himself. So through the 80s and 90s, so this version of the song was actually the unofficial theme song for the AIDS epidemic in gay male communities in the West. Did not know that. Now, Houston's version also resurfaced in the mid-90s with multiple remixes. One remix in particular got back to 19 on the U.S. Billboard dance chart. Yeah. And uh, number 35 in the U.K. Now, there's some backup singers in this song. Maxine and Julia Waters. I thought this was kind of interesting. They are still backup singers, but they're now with Adele. Whoa. They've seen a couple hits in their day. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. They have they've done some tours. Yeah. Wow. Uh, especially when they God had a run in the 70s for a minute. That's wow. pretty cool. That's Boom, cool. it hit me. It, now I know what it is. If you don't know me by now. That was no oh, one in the that? Blue Notes song. Oh, did not know that. That's, that's what it was. Turn it back up. All right, so this song won the 1978 Grammy for Best Female R&B Vocal Performance. I like to go check out, like, you know, this person is pretty much a nobody. Who did they go beat out for this award? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's your list. I left one out because I didn't know who it was. I don't think many people would, but Aretha Franklin, Diana Ross, and Natalie Cole. (laughs) Beat them all out with this one song for a Grammy. That is... <laughs> I mean, on paper, when it comes to the pecking order, that's an upset. That is a huge upset. Wow. This oh. version got also Thelma Houston, 
ranked number 86 on VH1's 100 Greatest One-Hit Wonders. And this song does land on Rolling Stone's Top 500 Best Songs of All Time. So back to the guessing game. Where do you guys think it lands on the Top 500 list? We'll see who's closest. 483. 362. I don't know. Like, I'll go 400. Let's go right in between. Uh, DG, the closest, 355. Yeah. Not too far off. Yeah. Seven off. As bad as it bad. starts. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right. A quick break. Quick break. We'll get to DG's Ask Us Anything next. Thirteen fifty KMAN dot com is where you get your local, your state, your sports, your weather. Sam Honeybun, Brandon of the Peoples. You got Nick Mac there. You got some <laughs> other psychos like Sage Williams. The, it's just all these crazy, weird people that love local news for you, and they're gonna get you started. Uh, today's uh, Would You Wednesday. Would you rather? Would you rather? Uh, would you rather? And this was. Today's Ask K-Rocker. Would you rather have fruit flies follow you everywhere or Cheeto dust permanently on your fingers? Cheeto dust on fingers. Fruit flies suck, man. Whoa. Whoa, really? Like, no quick? Oh, boy. Because the Cheetos on your fingers... I mean, that's going to get everywhere. Fruit, everywhere. You're talking about like fruit flies like yeah, yeah. circling yeah. your head? Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely like, not. You're like pig pin. I'll, I'll deal with the dust. Okay, okay. Yeah, right. T-Dog. Yeah. That's an easy one. The Cheetos, man. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I've already dealt with fruit flies infesting my house. I'm not dealing with that I had that day. happen one time, too. I used to have roommates. Ugh. Well, there was one in particular that would just throw the garbage bags like in this hall. It wasn't a hallway, but it's like leading to the basement. It's like right next to the back door. <laughs> and they piled up, and all of a sudden I look back there. I'm like, what the hell? It was infested. Oh, it God. was terrible. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I made it specific. Uh, I was like, put the garbage bags in the back of my truck so I can dump them off here at work. Oh, gross. Because we didn't have the garbage company coming out there. Oh, that We're technically bugs. out of... Bed bug? Oh, you've uh, had bed bugs? Yeah. Oh boy, I've I'm never deal, dealt either. with that. I don't want that. Um, would you rather have all traffic lights you approach go green, or never stand in line ever again? Traffic lights. Oh, that, that's easy. Stand in line. Mm-hmm. I would rather never have to stand in line again. You know how many concerts I've stood in line oh, for? Oh, dude, it, man. Like that. That's just. Like basketball games. Think of the students. Like, would they rather not have to stand in line for hours? Boom, you're just in there. You live in the neighborhood. Yeah. You don't have to drive it in the morning. No. Green lights. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I'm, I'm one that can get hot about a red light. My thing is, I just like, when I hit four in a row that are red, I just want to, I just want to pop. The right. thing is, like, when it comes to road rage, that's one thing I can easily get over. My road rage is very temporary. I can get over it. Not me. Sajay? I feel like that answer kind of surprised me. I thought you would have picked the lights. Sure, um, yeah. I mean, I'd probably pick the lines, actually. I'm fine with red light. Like, it's annoying, but I'm just like, I yes. think, I yeah, think part I get of over it, it. Part of it with the lines is uh, I like people watching. So, you know, it's not that big a deal. Hmm. Um, would you rather have to watch a movie with no snacks or drinks, but the movie... Oh, never mind. I, I couldn't finish that one. Um, <sighs> would you rather... <laughs> Would you rather wear 
A wedding okay. dress or tuxedo or a swimsuit every day. Like for us, it'd be tuxedos for say to be wedding dress, like bridesmaid or actual wedding dress or a swimsuit every single day. Because I just think about when it's like 9,000 degrees. Am outside. I allowed to keep like the top button when it comes to the tux? Can I keep the top button unbuttoned and the the tie a little uh, lazy? We're It's like we're getting ready for pictures. So, no. It would have to be the swimsuit. I'm going as much swimsuit. as I hate the Dunlap over it. Yeah, I'm going swimsuit. I, I don't like wearing ties. I don't like top uh, buttoning the top button. I feel like I'm getting choked. Absolutely. And choking is, I'm not into it. No. I like it. I Sorry, like all Lindsay, the answers. but I'm not into choking. <laughs> hey Well, now. Well, that's been a fun show, guys. We're back at it tomorrow. We'll see how long we go. It depends on how much the Royals suck tomorrow. <laughs> but we are going to... Dedicate most of the show to the NFL draft, yes. so it's going to be a lot of fun. For Sajay, for DG number two, the Fort, we're signing out. Go Cats!